I feel like we say we're back like far too often. Yeah. It's um, like, okay, we're back. We're, we're, we're back. It's been a while. It has been a while. God, this is a repeat, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I know that we said that we had a plan and we're going to execute the plan. Mm. And then we didn't execute the plan. However. <laughs> However, we have valid excuses. Yeah, life really got in the way this time. Um, I guess, like, first we should introduce the podcast that we're doing. Indeed. Um, so welcome to the Devil's Margarita. I'm Amanda. And I'm Allie. And this is another one of those uh, chit-chatty kind of episodes because I don't have my true crime one ready yet. So mm. I think, though, this is very on brand for what we have been doing, though. It, it is. So, like, we're, we're going to talk about something that's very valid mm-hmm. to, like, the podcast and I guess kind of what we do here. Yes. It's going to be relevant, but I feel like first we should explain our absence just for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so basically it's my fault. Look, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got COVID um, and could barely speak for like a week. Mm-hmm. Then um, like two weeks after that, I got the flu. Yeah. Um, and then literally a week after that, I moved into state. So. Yeah. It's been a rough time for you. <laughs> it has. I was just sick for like, I don't know, easily like two months. The worst part is it wasn't even like the small like ooh it's just a little sniffle flu like you got oh, hit fuck the, no. with the oh. flu yeah no I had like the flu like I and I had only just started to feel like I had recovered from COVID mm. yeah um like and it like hit me exactly as I was like oh I'm not coughing as much anymore mm-hmm. and then it was like the world was like here have the flu instead. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. Yeah. I feel like that round of the flu, like, because I got it too, and it was just horrific. Mm. Not fun. Not fun at all. I had a fever for like two days straight. Like, I, like, my flu fever was way worse than my COVID fever. I'll say mm. that. It was not a great time. Yeah. However, <laughs> I feel like I've been somewhat healthy for the past, like, at least week. Knock on wood. <laughs> Watch me get another cold yeah. at this point. Absolutely. Don't jinx it. Yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, so just like sick and then moved into state, which moving into state is chaotic at the best of times. Yeah. Not uh, like having to pack while I had the flu was just the greatest time I've ever had. <laughs> Obvious sarcasm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's my fault. Life just handed me a real one. Mm, it's been a rough couple of weeks, months at this point. And we had like tried to plan to have like episodes in advance and then... That just didn't happen because I was sick all the time. Yeah. And it wasn't like, um, it was like, I think we were talking about recording and mm. you were just like, yeah, let's do it on this day. And then I think like one or two days later, you were just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I'm sick. <laughs> I am sick. I can't breathe through my nose. I sound horrendous. Maybe let's not do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it hard just... when you're like a mouth breather and you're trying to yeah. speak at the same time and retell a story because you're constantly oh, running out of breath. My God. <laughs> and like, um, I uh, didn't have too many like bad side effects from COVID, but the one that I did have was COVID brain. Mm, um, like I had that really badly for like, I would say like two weeks. Um, yeah. Where I just couldn't really think properly. So that also didn't really aid in me getting anything together. Yeah. It's just, it's been a time. Yeah, it's been life. Yeah, all at once. Yeah. (laughs) So hopefully, like, you know, it's all kind of hit and it's past now. Uh, 
look, let's not um, get ahead of ourselves, but... <laughs> on wood again. <laughs> but hopefully that life is just a bit more stable now. Yeah. That I've, I'm, I'm moved, I'm set up, it, it should be okay. Um, Absolutely. Not on wood. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that brings us to what we're talking about today. Mm, today's episode. I'm not going to lie. Um, when you first suggested this, I was, and like you sent me a video, mm-hmm. I was just like, what the fuck? Why would we talk about this? Like, <laughs> this is legit against everything that we do. Mm. Like this is, I feel personally attacked. Why, <laughs> why would I want to talk about this? Um, yeah. and then I watched the video. I was like, ah, oh, I can't get it now. <laughs> yeah. No. Cause, um, I'll be honest. I got the idea for this, um, after I watched an iNaba video out of anyone, which, yeah, I, I, I feel your judgment and it's fine. I understand. <laughs> um, and it was titled The Increasing Problem with True Crime Influences. And I clicked on that title, Ready to be Angry. <laughs> I wasn't angry. Yeah. He made a lot of really valid points. And I thought that we might talk about some of them because it is relevant to what we do. Obviously, we have a true crime podcast. Mm. And... I think that, yeah, he brought up some, like, ethical things that I think are worth talking about. Um, so I thought that, yeah, we might just do that for this this chit-chatty episode. Yeah. I, when I saw the um, the title of that video, I was just like, what the fuck? Like, no. Absolutely fucking <laughs> not. Like, I'm ready to come out swinging. Um, but, yeah, I did watch it and I I wholeheartedly agree. I think that there was a lot of good points that were made throughout it that we'll obviously touch on in this um, episode. Yeah, it definitely hits close to to home considering, like, not only do we have a true crime pod- podcast, but we consume a lot of true crime mm. content, whether that's, yeah. like, videos, Netflix shows, podcasts, etc. So it's an interesting um, concept. I mean, and that's the thing, you know, we're obviously not the only ones, so – um, we'll talk about that too, though, like about how popular true crime is because it's very popular, at, especially at the moment. Mm. Um, so, yeah, let's just uh, start off. I thought that might we might start about why people like true crime because if you think about it logically, it doesn't make any sense that you want to sit and listen to or watch things that are fucking horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense. I think like – it runs into this whole good versus evil, right? Like, and for so long, I think it's almost imprinted in us that we search for this good versus evil. Like when you're a kid, Mm. fairy tales, very clear, like, oh, the princess is the good person and the evil witch is so bad and evil. And it's just this constant, like, good versus evil and then you know you get to school and you're probably taught about religion and it still goes into this good versus evil and then you kind of come out of that and you're constantly searching for this this narrative of what's the good and what's evil and and trying Mm. to simplify life down into black and white and I think it's easy to do with true crime because you have a perpetrator and you have a victim it's very black and white it's hard for it to be like layers of gray. Yeah, I I agree somewhat. Um, I think like people like to look at things in, you know, easy terms like good versus evil. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the truth is we all have both, right? Yeah. Like when we're not perfect creatures, like, yeah. But I think like um, the other side of like 
being human is that we're kind of inherently selfish. Like we think about ourselves before anything else. Mm. So I also think that there's like an element of people like to consume true crime content and go, oh, that could never be me. I'd never do something like that. Yeah. I, um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was I was reading a study um, that was published in 2010 um, that was basically like people, women love to essentially consume true crime because it gives them a sense of preparedness. And I, I did th- read that as well. I think that really rings true for me personally because of like – my OCD, I'm constantly like, prepare for the worst. Um, and so I think it's about, I think it also, there's parts of like being able to try to understand the psychology of a killer and yep. you're given these hypothetical, it's not a hypothetical, but when you boil it down, well, it's not happening to me, so it is a hypothetical. Like how could I navigate this scenario better? Mm. Um, and I think think it's like it goes to trying to understand the psychology of what a killer would be looking for yeah um i think i I did read that as well about how uh true crime is more popular with women because it does give us like a sense of like well what could i do in that situation to avoid violence right which Mm. is really like unfortunate that women have to think that way that is such an understatement but you know what I mean yeah and so I had to look at our stats just to be just out of curiosity I mean do you want to have a guess at the percentage of women I would say 95 (laughs) percent it's actually not that high but I thought it was still pretty high it's 75 75 percent yeah I am actually a little bit surprised by that I I looked at that and thought oh that's actually really fucking high okay I think that's a little bit low well I guess like comparatively um i hear more from men who listen to our podcast right whereas i hear more from females yeah so yeah interesting so it's a bit skewed so i looked at that and went oh 75 percent that's pretty high but you look at that and go actually it's kind of low yeah that's so interesting yeah Yeah, it is (laughs) um well shout out to all the peoples yeah definitely thanks for listening Appreciate you. I, I, I don't know why you do at this point, but I'm thankful for you. Right. <laughs> Big preach. <laughs> um, another thing that I did read, because I did a, a tiny bit of Googling on this just to see what people think is the reason that people like true crime. Uh-huh. I, I think um, one that stood out to me was that we are so used to a 24-7 news cycle now. I read that, yeah. And we're just constantly exposed to this stuff. It well, kind yeah. of does become not such a big deal anymore because it is constantly in your face. Well, yeah, exactly. When you think of the 24-7 news cycle, um, how much chaos is going mm. on in the world at any point in time that's in your face, whether that's you turn on the TV to the news, you scroll through your news feed on social media. Like there's just – it's constant chaos. Um, yeah. and it's, Especially now. Um, yeah, exactly. With with everything that's going on in the world. Um, and I think we as a society have this train wreck mentality oh, that absolutely. it's just like, oh, well, I get to be part of this chaos, but from a distance, like I can turn this TV off at any point. I could turn my phone off at any point and I'm no longer part of this chaos, mm. um, which I think is interesting. And I don't think that that's healthy at all. <laughs> I, I don't either, to be honest. But, but then, I know that I'm subscribed to this notion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, I'm not sure that it's healthy, but in the same sense, I think it is better 
in a way because so like especially the 24 7 news cycle thing I feel like before because I remember when that wasn't a thing like when I was a kid that wasn't a thing um you it was up to media to pick and choose what they told you uh-huh. whereas now they have to keep up with the constant cycle because everyone else does so most things get covered yeah. so I kind of feel like we're better informed I say better informed but not well informed, if that makes sense, because the media still yeah. picks and chooses what it says to you, and the way um, that they skew the stories is absolutely. Yeah. I, I so, wholeheartedly agree. So I say better informed, but not well informed. <laughs> yeah, I think we're um, we're more aware of what's going on in the world. Um, yeah. I mean, especially considering you know when we were kids, like pre-internet, as it well, not pre-internet, but you know, like before. <laughs> Dial-up era. Yeah, exactly. Like um, when you had to wait like ten minutes to load a web page. Yeah. yeah, like you know, we weren't hearing about what was really going on in Europe unless it was like massive news. Yeah. Um, or even the states. And now it's just like, well, I know what's going on. I I can see it in real time at any point in time. It's just we're so in enveloped in mm. um what's going on around us at all times i do think it's interesting because like i do take a little bit of inspiration of you and i right um we both consume a lot of true crime content um Mm -hmm. but (laughs) i read this thing that it was just like you know people who consume so much true crime are like are similar to the people that consume a lot of horror content and i'm the person that i consume a lot of horror content whereas you don't I do not at all. Um, I like, avoid it. I really don't watch anything other – like if I'm going to watch a movie, it's going to be horror. Um, probably nothing else. I, I don't remember the last time I watched a comedy movie, to be honest, um, whereas <laughs> it was you don't. And I was just like, well, why is that? Like there's got to be some form of correlation, right? And I did read that apparently it's for people that are like <laughs> kind of highly strong <laughs> – myself <laughs> not to brag um, <laughs> but oh, like fuck. it's we get the dose of scary in a very controlled way mm. it's like i get to dabble in how terrifying the world can be but it's in the safety net of my own surroundings like i don't you have also to put, turn it off whenever you want exactly i don't have to go yeah. out and and get these thrills and Mm. find out for myself and put myself in danger. I can just from the comfort of my own couch (laughs) in my own little blanket with my little cup of tea (laughs) can get all the scared that I can handle Mm. um, from that safety net, which I think is really fascinating. And then just to throw myself under the bus, it was just like, (laughs) you know, people that have, and I, I don't know how true this is. I don't know how um, honest this apparent study is. Um, But they were saying that people that have, like, less empathy will tend to subscribe higher to horror and true crime. And I'm just like, well, interesting Because, like, you don't, like, how was it worded? It was just basically like you don't feel bad (laughs) for people. I'm like, well, that's wrong. 
Um, I feel I, very yeah, bad. I don't, I don't know if I, I was going to say, I don't know if I agree, I'd subscribe to that at all. I think true crime related, I 100% feel for the victims. Um, yeah. Like this, I think there's been a couple of episodes that you've either researched or I've researched and we've done it and we just carry that. That sadness yeah. for a while. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think with horror movies, though, I'm just like, well, you're a fucking idiot. You walked through that door when everyone was screaming, don't I mean, walk through all, that it's door. It's not real either. Exactly. Like- 100%. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with that, totally different. like, I agree that there is a sense of, like, I get to experience this from afar mm. and I know that I'm safe. But the other correlations, I'm just like, mm, I don't know about that. Don't know. Well, I mean... It's kind of hard because you can only obviously speak from your own experience. Mm. Which brings me to the question, why do you think you enjoy true crime? I'm fascinated with mm. psychology um, yeah. and I always have been, um, whether that's from a mental health aspect or from like a true crime aspect. I love the psychology of something that happened in the formative years of a child can shape something down the track. For me, I find that incredibly interesting. And I also, I think I do also subscribe to the notion that, you know, I do get to have these scary things and experience it, but from like arm's length. Um, Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting, like it, when I first started thinking about it, I was just like, oh, why though? Why am I interested (laughs) in this? Like what's wrong with me? It's interesting. But why Um, why do you think you love true crime? I think it's a similar reason. I'm actually also a recent, like, true crime person as well. Like, I only started listening to podcasts in, I think it was, like, 2018. Um, and before that, I had never really consumed true true crime content at all. In fact, I was against it. Right. And, like, a good example that I always use when people ask me about, like, why I was so against it is, um, like, Chopper Reed. <laughs> Yeah, Australia. It was like really renowned, and people fucking loved him, even though he was a hardened criminal. Yeah, and that always kind of like bothered me that he made so much money off being a shit human. Right, and I think that was kind of like one of the things where I was like, Nah, this is shit. I'm not. I'm not participating in this. I'm not giving him any credit for anything. Um, and as a result, I didn't really consume true crime content at all. Um, and then I started listening to podcasts. Yeah, in about 2018. Um, I think the first one I ever listened to was like um, it was like an Australian mystery podcast, uh-huh. and so they kind of dabbled in true crime. And my like, oh, actually, that's really fascinating. Um, and then I think that kind of turned into just like generally being fascinated that you can like take two people and you could have them grow up in horrible circumstances, and the two of them would react completely different to that. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I find that so fascinating and like psychology kind of really explained that and I think that's why it's so fascinating. Yeah, I think it's um, it is really interesting because, you know, I think everybody goes through certain trials and dilemmas and it, just because you go through trauma doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to come um, up and be a fucking hardened criminal or like, you know, yeah. kill people. Um, so it, I think it's interesting to see – Especially like with true crime documentaries, you kind of get a little bit more of a glimpse into why people think that they do what they do. Mm. Um, I wonder if there's like a certain part of like rationalization that goes into it too. Like, oh, because, you know, this person was like went through all of this trauma and 
it was just such a tragic upbringing. Like it, you can kind of see, like if there's that rationalization. Yeah. I think it's also interesting when you look at the psychology of like, are people born evil or. Yeah. Which is still not really an answer for either. So like. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I think, I think it's like one of those things where I find a lot of the time um, that you'll listen to like an episode of a true crime podcast or whatever. And at the beginning, you'll start to feel sorry for the person who does the heinous thing in the end. Because mm. you're like, oh, like this person went through like awful things to get to where they go. And before they get to the details of the horrible things they do, you're like, oh, this person, like I feel bad for them because they went through all this shit. And, but, but obviously by the end, you're like, fuck that person. But, you know, like, right, yeah. I always find myself thinking like a bit empathetically towards them until we get to the horrible stuff. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think it's like really complex and I feel like humans and the way that they think about things are, is really complex and different. Mm. So it's like hard to say. But I mean, like true crime is clearly very popular. So like it's obviously fascinating to I wouldn't say the majority of people, but a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, and there's going to be people that are out there that just listen to it because they want background noise. Like they don't even realize what they're listening to, you know. Yeah, that's true. So I found a really um, interesting YouTube statistic, if you want to hear it. I do. So apparently in 2015, roughly 200 million yearly views were in true crime. Wow. In 2019, it's 2,500 million views a year. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So you were like, 200 million yearly views, that's so many. I'm like, oh, you just wait, you just wait. Jesus Christ. Um. So, yeah, like, I think that does lend just that because, like, YouTube, not everyone consumes YouTube, right? Mm. Um, so just YouTube viewers. That's insane. It is. That is, like, in four years, that's an insane jump. I couldn't find, like, statistics from, like, 2020 or 2021. It would be YouTube's interesting really slim, but... to see how that jumps. Um, well, pandemic, like, people yeah. haven't got anything else to do, you know. Yeah, and mentally I don't think that we were okay for a while. Oh, absolutely. You know? absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be very interesting to see how it's jumped in the last two years. Because um, I, I did get kind of interested to, like, think about statistics and, like, what the percentages of people were mm. um, that listened to true crime. Where do you think true crime sits in, like, podcasting, like, like in popularity? Oh, I would think that it would be the top spot, if not the second. For sure. You're close. You're close. It, really? It's actually third. I was surprised. I thought it would have been second. Yeah. Um, no, it's third. Um, what so are the top two? The, the third most popular um, after comedy and news. Stop it. I don't consume any comedy content. What's going on? <laughs> I think I think like the only podcast I listen to that would be considered comedy is um Nicole Byers' Why Won't You Date Me podcast. I love like, Nicole Byers. I love Nicole Byers. She's great. Um, but that's probably the only one that I personally listen to. That is so interesting. I think like um, I because I just I don't consume any real comedy content other than like <laughs> short form TikToks. <laughs> like it's just not on my radar. Like I, it doesn't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> well okay just just out of curiosity after i read that i was like okay fuck so i looked up what the top 100 popular uh podcasts were in australia today mm-hmm. so we're uh, recording this on the 7th of august and only seven podcasts out of the hundred were true crime what yeah 
crazy, right? I'm like, That's I would have wild. thought that it was way more popular on podcasting. But I guess like, um, yeah, other genres are overtaking it. This is um, making me realize how like tunnel visioned I am. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the thing. It's an echo chamber, right? You just get fed what you like. So oh, well, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I thought these were really interesting. But in saying that, um, I found an article uh, that said that 44% of all podcast listeners have listened to true crime at some point. Wow. That's a massive majority. Like that's a, say, a that, lot of people. I thought that was a high percentage. Yeah. A really high percentage. That doesn't mean they listen to it regularly. That just means that they listen to it at some point. Mm. But that's still like quite a bit, I feel. Yeah, that's, um, I and think I think that's like, huge. I think like saying like comedy news is like the most popular. Um, it's probably because of podcasting becoming more popular. Mm. So therefore it attracts different kinds of people, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But I do think that like Netflix contributes a lot to like the popularity of true crime because they release more docos than anyone at this point, I feel. Oh, 100%. I think like, I, I definitely think that there is, you can tell when Netflix releases Mm. A, a true crime doco that like pops off Absolutely. because like yeah. you'll see tons of content around it everywhere whether that's like podcasts youtube mm. videos um social media posts it's you can always tell when netflix has released something that's like i mean yeah. even when they released that um i forget the name of it about elisa lamb yeah yeah um, there was just tons of content suddenly around her like on youtube yeah, and everywhere um and even podcast like I don't think I could have like scrolled through my subscription feed um and not come up with something after that that um doco come out yeah yeah absolutely um fuck I forgot what I was gonna say oh that was what I was gonna say one of the things that I was like googling this about because I tried to get statistics on like um Netflix's true crime stuff but (laughs) surprisingly they don't really say shit um and one of the ones of like the most like most popular true crime um Things that are on Netflix. Do you have a guess at what kept coming up when I, I googled it? Feel like I might have seen this, but is it like the Tiger King? T- Tiger King, and I'm like, I guess it is technically true crime. But- right. <laughs> God. Uh, I just watched that as a shit show, not as a Same. crime. But uh- <laughs> Same. Um, I just yeah. thought that was really funny. The um, I noticed that like the Tiger King one kept coming up, um, and then making a murderer. I mm. did you watch Making a Murderer at all? I haven't actually. No. I couldn't. I really couldn't get past like the first episode of it. For me, for mm. some reason, it was just too hard to watch. Like not because like the content, just the structure of it for me was too hard. But I mean, that's a whole other oh, okay. rant. Well, I mean, like I don't. I'll be honest. I don't watch a lot of like really long form stuff anymore. Mm. <laughs> um, I don't know what that says about me, but like I don't watch a lot of like actual TV. Yeah. Um, including Netflix, like I just don't really. Um, like I've been watching a lot of anime recently. That's because they're like twenty minutes, and my brain can handle that. <laughs> so, like, um, I have I watched any of? I watched the Ted Bundy one mm, um, I on Netflix. One, yeah. I thought it was fucking boring. I'm gonna be real. Look, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think Ted Bundy is really. I think he's just a name at this point. Like, I don't think that he. Yeah. There's a song. Um, by a lady named Penelope Scott. Uh, I saw this song on TikTok. Uh, this, uh, this episode is just becoming about how much I consume TikToks, really. I mean, same. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah she's uh, got a song called Lot of True Crime 
and it's a great mm. listen. Um, if you go out and listen to it, highly recommend it. It's very funny. But um, she talks about like Ted Bundy and like the fact that, you know, he wasn't really that fucking bright. Um, I th- where is the lyrics actually? Let me find it. I mean, that's fair though. He kind of wasn't. He just knew how to like prey upon women. Where is it? Um, well, so the lyrics go, well, I hope this doesn't seem too impolite, but Ted Bundy was just never that fucking bright. He was just sort of charismatic and white, all right, and he was so fucking sure he had the right. <laughs> um, and it's just like, but he's ugly and I'm glad he's dead because there was no fucking candle in his pumpkin head. <laughs> and I was just like, that hits. Like, because Ted Bundy was not fucking smart. Like, he was no one. He was just fucking he was charismatic. He's also not attractive. I'm sorry, but he right? just wasn't. I don't know if that's just because I can't view him through a 70s lens, but, like, not attractive. I'm sorry. He just looked like a random dude. There was nothing remarkable about him at all. I guess that's maybe the point. Mm, right. Yeah. Is that he just looks like an average dude and that's what's terrifying. Yeah. I just hate that he's the one. Like, he's, it seems like he's the poster boy for true crime and i'm just like please don't like stop it yeah (laughs) (laughs) this isn't going off on a whole different rant (laughs) yeah sorry i i I, we do have a structure here that we're trying to stick to because i knew that we would do this (laughs) (laughs) um but (laughs) the only other thing that i could really find that could contribute to like the rising popularity of true crime was like um a lot of books come out Mm. i personally don't read them but apparently they're very popular I so like when we started this pop this podcast, I got a couple of books um on true crime that were just like encyclopedia versions of true mm. crime. Um and they're really interesting, but they're just books that I cannot read um unless I'm doing yeah. research for an episode. Because it's so fucking heavy. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I couldn't I couldn't read that kind of thing um, you know, in my spare time for fun. Right. I just, I just couldn't do it. No. Um, and, like, I, I don't read a lot anyway apart from, like, fucking webtoons. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, like I said, my attention span these days is very short. Um, I think is, – is that is – because that media is becoming shorter or is it just my brain? Who knows? I don't know. Like, this is a whole other rant. But I really mm. think that, like, the fact that media is becoming so short, like, yeah. you can post a 15-second TikTok and, you know, whatever, whatever – um, that our attention spans are just getting shorter and shorter. I, I've thought about this because I have thought, is like TikTok melting my brain? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the answer is no, <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> but I was like, was it before that my attention span wasn't that great, but I forced myself into it because I thought, oh, well, this is the way the world works and this is how I should be. And now that right. there are options, my brain goes, well, I'm just not going to participate in the things that I don't like. I think, yeah, I think it boils down to the fact that we have options now. Like if you're not in the mood to consume long form content. Yeah, you don't have to. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've had like Twitter and Instagram for years now, um, Mm. which is just like the text and the photo version of TikTok, realistically. Um, And even on YouTube, like if you don't want to – watch long to- like long form videos then they've got what shorts now um yeah but i mean like even before they had shorts which honestly i think are dumb anyway but that's another thing um before that you could choose to watch a 5 minute video versus a 45 minute video exactly. like do you know what i mean yeah like you have you have the choice if that's what you're in the mood for yeah absolutely anyway we should probably reel this back in mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so i guess my next question is is it ethical to profit from true crime 
look, the, I feel like this is how to how to word this, but like I feel like this all goes back to intent, right? Um, because I was just like I was interested in when like the first real true crime, like a portion of true crime content had come out, um, and you know, apparently like there's pamphlets that date back to like 1550 yeah um you know which was like they were producing capital crime pamphlets for like not only literate people but semi-literate people um on true crime and I just I really think that it boils down to intent like I don't ever expect that Netflix is just going to like start producing documentaries um and then be like no it's all free yeah because like we just know now that businesses are out to make money um well I mean they always have been and like I think it's solely up to the consumer on whether or not like for the longest time you said you didn't consume any of this content because it's just like Mm. well I don't want to feed into industry um I think at this point it's not a a question of, like, should it be monetized or not? I think it's just, like, at what point do you just stop consuming the content to prevent them from that big money cash payout, you know, if that makes sense? Yeah, it does. I I do have mixed feelings about this Mm. um, because – there is a part of me that says that it's unethical to profit off people's pain because there are people Absolutely. that are left behind in these situations. Like 100%. You know, obviously victims have family and friends. So like for them to have to uh, see it get brought up over and over and over again on different forms of media, I feel like that feels wrong mm-hmm. to make a profit off. But on the other hand, I feel like it's right to tell these stories um, because I mean, I think victim stories should be heard for one. I think that it should be pointed out how terrible these people are who commit them, like the the crimes. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if people put in work to deliver those stories to us, then they deserve to be compensated for it. Mm. Um, so I do have kind of mixed feelings about it. Um, but it's saying that, like you said, true crime is not a new genre. Yeah, exactly. Media has been profiting off crimes and murder since like, we had media. Yeah. So, like, it's not new. It's a supply and demand kind of thing. Like, if people well, exactly. will consume the content, people will produce it. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. Um, so it's kind of a bit of a cycle. And I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. Um, I do think that people should be compensated for their efforts to deliver it. I feel bad for the people who are left behind that have to hear it all the time. Yeah. it's It's very much a double-edged sword, right? Like... On one hand, you can chalk it down to, well, it's just people providing entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then the the other edge to that is just that there are people that remain that have significant trauma attached to this. And Absolutely. It, it's difficult. Um, and I, I do think it boils down a lot to intent, um, which I'm sure we'll cover in a few minutes. Um but I think, like, I I wonder if we've just gotten to a point where we expect things to be monetized now, like especially content. I mean, content. there's also that. Like, yeah. you know, 10 years ago um, it was extreme, like it was a bit harder to become monetized on YouTube, for example. 
Um, so well, I'm, I mean, if you think about even like pre YouTube, yeah, it's not like you know, um, like twenty years ago, anyone could make content if they wanted to. Like that wasn't really a possibility. Mm. Like the internet and like YouTube and other platforms like it have made it possible for anyone to create whatever the fuck they want, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so now you have kind of like the rise of like online content creators who can cover whatever subject they want. Um, and I do think that there is, which we will talk about, like differences in delivery um, and that sometimes that can be problematic. I don't know. I kind of just feel like as long as you're conscious of the fact that, yeah, these people you're talking about do have family and friends that I guess depending on the age of um, the, the story you're telling – they're probably still around. They probably still see this stuff. Um, like, you know, I don't know that I was fully conscious of that um, before this podcast, which I know sounds silly. Like, I'm mm. sure I knew that, but I didn't really ever think about it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we we did this podcast and then we had actually people who were involved in those things reach out to us. And I'm like, holy fuck. Okay. Mm. <laughs> um, maybe need to rethink how I even I deliver. Yeah. Um, things you know just to be a bit more like I guess conscious of the fact of that there are actually people who listen which is weird exactly and I I really think that that boils down to what we were saying before about like why do we consume it right like Mm. to an extent it's just like I get to be a part of this but at a, a distance and when you consume it you have that greater distance between you and the event um yeah when you're creating content for like this traumatic event, you're you're closer in degrees um, to it because mm. you're forming a content and you can form it however you want. You can be pro-victim, you can be anti-victim at that point. Like that's – it's how you word it and how you deliver it. Um, and I, I 100% agree that like before we were doing the po- this podcast, I was so unaware of the fact that, there are victims that get left behind um, yeah. and there are people that it just by association can find uh, what like instances that we talk about problematic. Mm. Um, and then yeah. once you start delivering the content and you start researching it, you really start to become aware. Like I think there's been a couple of episodes that I've looked into and I'm just like, oh, well, there's descendants that are still – living Mm. that have spoken out about something and it's just like well shit you know like these are people that are living that for as far as i'm aware could have like google alerts on for any yeah like tags so i don't want to be disrespectful to these people um and but i know that there's people out there that don't see it the same way that i do um which is i'm gonna I, sometimes I see comments, especially on like YouTube videos, obviously because that's one of the main places where you can see comments. But like, sometimes I'll watch something and then I'll scroll the comments because I'm a nosy bitch. <laughs> and I have seen stuff on true crime content where people are like, "Oh, like why are you spending so long talking about the victims? Just get to the killer already." And I'm like, "What the fuck? What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah. Yeah, like I think that sometimes people get so desensitized that that seems okay. Mm, Desensitization is such a good word for this. And yeah, I do think that that's a thing, and that's probably another part of the problem of being constantly exposed to content. You know. Yeah, I think it's, and this goes into like the whole 
profiting off and problematic mm. issue that can be around true crime is that the way that I you think- like the intent that you have behind your content speaks volumes when you deliver said content like if you're going into a podcast episode thinking fuck yeah i'm just going to hit all these touch points get all my adsense money um and then whatever you're going to seem so detached um and i think that there lies an issue with this genre yeah i was gonna say i feel like especially like online content there is kind of the and this is not just for true crime, this is for like every genre of content there is out there, is that the more controversial you are, the more hits you get, the more money you make. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I feel like it can be encouraged to not be completely factual or, you know, deliver things in a, you know, nice, respectful way um, because you get rewarded for not doing that. So, Mm. uh, (laughs) And I think like... The more detached you are from it, because you're just like, fuck yeah, views equals yeah. dollar signs, it sends that message to the people that are consuming your content as well. And they become a part of that. They become yeah. desensitized because, like, you know, people look up to content creators um, and are just like, oh, well, this person's really detached. Like, they obviously don't give a fuck. So why should I give a fuck? Um, yeah. And then that breeds the next cycle of it. And it just, starts spinning out of fucking control when no one gives a fuck about the victims and it's all just like, well, Mm. give me that juicy, juicy blood, guts and gore. Yeah. And I think that's an issue with not just um, true crime but with content creation in general as well, like you said. Um, Well, I mean, like I feel like the the Logan Paul suicide forest is a perfect example of that. Like, you know – it's it's surprising to me that when that happened you had people on his side yeah and that's what i mean like you just become so desensitized exactly to it all and you breed this viewership um and consumerism to be on your side no matter what you do like that's exactly yeah and they become just as desensitized to it as you are and Mm. so therefore they're not holding you accountable and then all of a sudden people from outside of your community are just like hold on well (laughs) that's a fuck (laughs) well that ain't fucking right yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah i i don't know like it's it's very it's a very complex thing especially with like online content creation which obviously we're participating in by making this podcast mm -hmm. Um, although i will point out that we don't make any money off it we do not that is correct we we do this because we want to i think if we were to ever monetize anything we would be very open about it as well yeah, beforehand um but yeah we we make no money <laughs> this like all. yeah we're just doing this not and not with the intention of ever becoming like some huge podcast or whatever like we're no. literally just doing this because we're two people who like to talk about stuff and figure that other people like talking about it too like that's yeah that's literally like it. before we were recording these we were just having these chats exactly in our own <laughs> I, I don't know like I can understand, though, how the appeal of making more and more money mm. and acting a certain way to get that money. I get it. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe um, I don't understand because I haven't been in that position. But Yeah. I I just think that it's weird because, like, when we were talking about why people love it, right, there's an mm. 
there's a part of it that goes down to like people like to feel prepared slash are empathetic towards victims. Um, Mm. And then you have this whole other side that completely crosses that out because I do think that even though true crime is not like in terms of podcasts, true crime is not um, number one. Um, it's still up there. It's true, still in the top five. Yeah, like <laughs> I think that like true crime is just such a massive genre um, mm. that it can be seen as a hot topic, like to yeah. jump into. And I just think that whenever you're creating, whether it's a podcast or a video or even like a Netflix documentary, like it really, you just have to be aware of your intentions of doing this. Like Mm. I think you and I had a very brief discussion before we started the podcast of certain topics and certain um, cases that we will not cover. Like we just won't for certain reasons and they're just – it just feels wrong sometimes when you see content that's just been trivialised knowing that there's survivors out there or there's descendants or there's people that relate to something. Um, It's it's such a weird concept. It is. And, like, when you start, like, really thinking about it and trying to dissect it and, like, analyse it, it just becomes a huge fucking mess and I don't know what the right answer is anymore. Mm. Like, it's it's hard. But I think as long as you're delivering the content in, like, a respectful way – then I don't think that there's any problem with creating the content or being paid for it. Mm. Um, I think that there are potentially some people who don't do that. Not going to name names in this podcast, but um, in that iNabber video, he did bring up a couple of like sub-genres, I guess, of um, content creators that do cover true crime that maybe isn't the greatest. Right. Um, and we actually fall, fall into one of them. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but like he brought up like mukbang true crime channels on YouTube. Mm. Um, and I have to admit, I will not watch those just because I don't really like mukbangs in general. I think that they're really kind of just like a waste of food. Um, it's so it? gluttonous. <laughs> it is. Um, and <laughs> like, I don't know, like I look at that and I'm like, you realize that there's a, a significant portion of the world that is starving and you're out here eating like hundreds of dollars of McDonald's for no reason. Cool. Yeah, like two-minute noodles, man. Like it's a lot of sodium. <laughs> so much sodium. I don't know. Like I just – I can't watch them anyway, like even if it's not about true crime. But it's weird to me to like be sitting there talking about a horrific murder while eating. I – yeah, I definitely – I can't get behind – um mukbang true crimes like I, mm. I can't and unlike you like I do consume mukbang um content like when I feel like I'm hungry but I'm not actually hungry I'm just like well I'll just turn <laughs> myself off eating so it's not because like I enjoy the content it's because I know that it's going to make me not hungry um <laughs> I also understand the premise of it this is going off in a different direction but yeah. I can't get behind mukbang uh, true crime just because like it seems so gluttonous at one po- at some point and then I like to think that when people are delivering 
stories of tragedy that you are paying respect enough Mm. and I don't think that you can do that while you're shoving, like, you know, a Big Mac down your throat. Like, I I just don't (laughs) think that you can do it. Um, Yeah. So I completely agree in, I like, with Inaba's video in that regard. Um, I think I, I wonder, like, at what point does it become, like, gluttonous in terms of where he, like, as a content creator, you're hitting one genre, true crime, which is profitable, and mm-hmm. then mukbangs, also profitable. <laughs> yeah. Like, I do feel like sometimes some creators, like, I feel like you can really tell the difference when, like, someone is really interested or passionate about a subject yes. that they're creating content for. Whereas the other people who went, okay, I'm going to go onto YouTube or Google and look at what the trends are right now. And then I'm just going to make that content because mm. there's definitely people who do that. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying that you can't create content where you're doing something else, you know, like for yeah, example, I, mean, I watch Bailey Sarian and I think she's fucking fabulous with her delivery. Um, mm-hmm. And but you know, in saying that you can tell that she's, passionate about both exactly you can always tell the intent and like i can't gauge someone's empathy Mm. when they're eating they're eating (laughs) and it's not like you're just having a meal and talking about it it's just like copious amounts of food yeah exactly like i think i agree with like the original purpose of mukbangs Mm. Um, which was to like just not feel alone while you're eating yeah, a meal. Yeah, to feel connected. But now when it's turned into, I'm like, I can't get behind that. Like it's just oh, dumb. That is uh, a whole nother rant, man. Like, that. Yeah, I know. I could go off about that easily. But um, I guess just to bring it back, to, like it's just, I don't know. I feel odd about it. I don't think – I think probably the vast majority of the content creators that do that probably aren't doing it with bad intentions. Mm. It just feels weird to me and I can't get behind it. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just – I mean, you can never really prove someone's intentions, right? And you can never really prove whether or not someone's being respectful because I think that's, like, so subjective. Mm-hmm. Like, what's respectful to me might not be respectful to somebody else. Um, yeah. So I do think it just comes down to supply and demand as well. Like, it, uh, Yeah, I, I think that too because people obviously watch the content. So. Yeah, I can't police what someone else is doing and how they deliver their content, you yeah. know. But collectively – as consumers, people can come together and be like, well, I'm just not watching that content anymore because I find it off-putting. Um, yeah. And so I just don't consume that content. Um, I don't find it, like, from my view of what I find respectful, I don't personally find it intriguing or respectful to mm-hmm. to victims. So that's where I draw the line. Yeah. And I mean, it really does depend. Like, it really comes down to what you find to be comfortable and uncomfortable. So, exactly. If, if you if you don't find it uncomfortable to watch someone talk about something horrific and eat at the same time, then it's up to you. But yeah, and I mean, there's going to be people out there that just don't think that we should be talking about these true crimes things at all. At all. Um, yeah, exactly. And like, there's I know that there's a lot of people that are just like, well, don't talk about the murderers, like at all. Don't give them names. Don't give them faces. Um, which is an, a whole other argument. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's a whole other topic of conversation. Um, how, how do you, okay, wait. How do you feel about the spirit box sessions? That I hate it. Some people do. I don't like it either. I hate I, it. 
makes me very uncomfortable and I feel like it's profiting off people's um, grief and I don't, I don't love it. I, so just also, for. Also, I think half of them are fake, by the way. 100%. Just for um, context, like a, a couple of, I think it was probably about two or two months ago when we came back and we said that we had a plan. Mm, um, yeah. And I thought to myself, okay, well, what are the, like, and I created a list of all the true crime stuff that I eventually want to cover, right? Mm-hmm. Like we do. And I, I sat for ages thinking about, like, the Gabby Petito case. Yeah. And I I came to the conclusion that I couldn't do it. Um, it's, it's I think it's too soon. It is too soon for me. Yeah. Um, and I think there's still a lot of people that are grieving and I just mm. – I don't know when that will not be that. Like, there is no definite line, like, after this amount of time you can no. cover um, it. But it, for me it feels – too soon but in saying that um when i opened youtube at one point there was like all these videos of this person that's just like i'm talking to gabby petito through a spirit box and i'm just like no uncomfortable please just like no i feel like it's another another thing where it's just people jumping on something recent that has happened putting it in the title and being like yep this will get me views right um while having no regard for how that affects anyone else right 100 percent, and i mean I know that people can make the argument that, oh, well, you just covered, like, the Johnny Depp case. Um, I don't think it's the same. <laughs> I don't think I don't. I don't think it's the same either. Um, um, those people <laughs> are alive to tell the story. Exactly. Well. No one died. <laughs> uh, it's also, like, um, I don't know. Like, I just feel like it's very. It's a very different different um sort of situation um yeah but like there, there were videos of like before she was found where people were doing like these spirit box sessions saying that she was already dead and i'm like that is so insensitive to me i just can't i think like, what like, if she'd been found alive yeah i think like whenever i think about creating content around true crime i always think like okay well what if i was a member of the family like yeah. would i want to click onto YouTube and see that, you know, this person is apparently talking to my dead relative that we haven't even found yet. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, like, I, that, that to me feels icky. Like that feels just doing it for profit. Um, and I, I don't agree with that personally. Right. And especially when you don't, you don't know, like you don't know. So you're just putting this information out there as if it's facts. Right. And when it's not like, I love ghost hunting content. Like mm. I, I love to play Phasmophobia. Um, I used to I watch. Stay in the van. <laughs> I used to watch a ton of like um, ghost hunters and stuff. Um, but I just, I, it really just, it irks me when I see, and it's never like true crime cases like that they're talking to through the spirit box. That you know, it's not like the Chowchilla um, thing that happened in the 70s. And it's not like they're not talking to um, H.H. Holmes from, yeah. you know, way back when. It's all recent stuff. It is all course, so soon. And it's just wild to me that people think, oh, well, this is fine. Yeah, I I don't know, like especially the Gabby stuff um, because I did see those videos come out at the time where people were like, well, we, we spoke to her and she's dead. Um, I hate it. <laughs> before she was found. So like yeah. no one knew that. She could have potentially still been alive at that point. 
that feels very like um, I don't think it's such a thing that happens as commonly now, but I remember like, um, you know, back in like the eighties and previous when you would have like a missing, like a, a fairly well documented mm. in the media missing person case and you'd have psychics calling the family going, I know what happened. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of that. Um, I don't know why people do stuff like that. Um, maybe just like leave it to the professionals to, <laughs> to, to find that person. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that I know of any cases where that sort of thing was actually helpful in solving. I'm sure there probably are rare cases where that is the case, but um, for the most part, I feel like maybe don't traumatize a family off a, a hunch you've gotten. Mm. Yeah. yeah um, absolutely. I, um, I don't know. I just think like when it comes to content creation, if we can just step back for a moment and think, okay, if I was directly involved, like if mm. I was a relative, would I be okay seeing this? Yeah. Or would I be okay hearing this? If no, mm. probably shouldn't put it out there. You probably shouldn't do it. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, so like the, the last one that we're going to talk about, which is definitely the one that we fall into, um, which is like the, the, the T true crime. Um, I, I don't know if it was just that I was personally offended. Um, but I feel like in that video in particular from, I never, isn't it kind of hypocritical of him to be like, oh, like, you know, um, delivering something like you're just chatting with a friend, spilling like gossip or whatever. Um, and then profiting off it. I'm like, isn't that exactly what your channel is? Yeah. Pot kettle you profit black off talking about other people. Hello? Yeah. I, I do admit <laughs> like when I watched that, because I haven't watched it since, um, I didn't particularly agree. Like I, I don't, well, obviously I don't agree because I'm partaking. Um, yeah. But for me, the true crime podcasts that I do subscribe to are generally similar format in that it's Same. just a f like two or three or whatever people sitting mm. down and having a chat. And for me, that's easy for me to listen to yes, because I'm it's not information bombing, um, which no. some other formats can be like. Um, I don't think that this is disrespectful. I think it really depends on the way that you deliver it and what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that there probably are creators out there who probably don't really think about what they're talking about and just talk. But I mean, like we definitely fall into like the, the tea true crime because we're just having a conversation and it's, you know, I was gonna say, it's like two friends talking. I mean, that's, that is exactly what we're doing. Mm. Um, so like, I get that. Um, and I have no issue talking shit about the people who did the horrible thing um, in a really like tea kind of way, I guess. I have no 100%. issue with that, but I would never talk about a victim like that. No, so absolutely. I feel like that's very different. Exactly. I think. I'm biased, so I don't know. I do think that we go into every episode and we're just like, look, okay, we're not. No tea, no shade to victims <laughs> at all. One hundred percent trying to be respectful, absolutely. like, and I think we're so conscious of trying to be respectful. But you know what? I'll sit and I'll fucking slag Ted Bundy off. I don't give a fuck. Absolutely, like, I don't fuck care. Him. He's a shit person. I'll say whatever. Absolutely. If you do yeah. shit things to people, fuck you. Like, I don't, exactly. I, you deserve it. I don't give a 100%. shit. Like, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, and. You know, I am okay with that. <laughs> Same. I, I can sleep very easily at night with that. I, I'm, exactly. I'm okay. Um, I would feel terrible if I ever said anything like that about a victim, though. Um, 100%. Which Absolutely. I guess 
I don't know. I, like I said, I'm biased because that's the way that we do this and that's the way that I prefer to consume content. Like, I listen to Case File and stuff as well, but it's a very different delivery and I feel like you get a very different feeling from it as well. Mm. If I want to listen to something but I'm not ready to hear something super heavy, I'll listen to other, like, more similar to what we do kind of content. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, and I guess that all comes down to personal preference. Um, 100%. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel like there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think it's disrespectful, depending on how and what you say um, about people. But yeah, I will. I will gladly listen to any podcast. It's just like you know what, David Parker. I fuck you. Um, <laughs> whereas if I tune into an episode um, and they were just like, you know what, this victim was being a dumbass, I'd be like. Mm. Yeah, no. You no, lost you. me. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it, it goes out. It just is the whole respect thing and the intent of – I think we're just so hyper aware of um, – I, I mean, I definitely am. I always, like, uh, you know, um, even if, like, we I, – I deliver something and then I hear it out loud for the first time and I'm like, hang on, wait, no, that's worded poorly. I'll edit that out and we'll redo, redo it. Like, yeah. I would never want to – yeah, say anything that would be considered in any way negative against a victim. Like, yeah. No way. I'm so hyper aware and conscious of that. that exactly. You know, I'll rethink everything. <laughs> exactly. For you and I, um, we're very – I don't think that we're um, – I don't think that we're like super conscious of what we, we talk about because I think that you and I already are on the same vibe and the same wavelength mm. of, yeah. you know, fuck these people that do terrible things. Um, mm. But there have been instances where we've gone back and we've listened to it and we're just like, ah, uh, or even mid-conversation. We're like, yeah. hold on, let's just scratch that. <laughs> Take yeah, that out. Exactly. Because that, that, that is not the way that I wanted that to come out. Let's redo it. Like Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's not, it's either worded in a way that could be ambiguous or it's mm. just not the same the, the delivery that we wanted yeah, um exactly so yeah i think we're we're definitely aware of that um and i know that there's definitely people that are not <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like there are definitely uh people who don't think before they speak sometimes um but i also don't think that we're unique in that i think mm. that a lot of people who like either like consume a lot of true crime or that actually do create true crime content are thinking like that. I don't exactly. think that's unique or special. I think that that's yeah. probably more the norm. And then exactly. you have the exceptions that are like, fuck everything, just give me the views. Like, do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like I, I can't tell you off the top of my head and like beep it out what podcasts are like that or because I don't consume that I don't content. Consume yeah, exactly. Like the content that I consume is very similar to the content that I produce. Um, and I think I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the end of the point. Like, yeah, I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't name people. I mean, I'm sh I'm sure that I have like heard about stuff before, but for the most part, yeah. Like, I either like the kind of thing that we do, unsurprisingly, because generally you produce content that you like. So exactly, yeah. Um, uh, or like stuff that is just very like fact delivery. I, you know, um, but I know that they exist. I know mm. that they're out there. I'm, yeah. I mean. I feel like that's in every genre of every kind of content ever. Not just exactly. online content. I'm talking about like mainstream media as well. Obviously, people in that industry do and say shit things to get views as well. So like, mm. you know, it's not, I don't think it's unique to true crime or anything. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. I, think, I feel like I've said a lot of words. Jesus Christ. I feel like <laughs> at this point there's a lot of points in iNabba's video that I agree with. Um, but and there's, there's a couple that, that a I don't. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like just in general in terms of content creation, whether it's Netflix, whether it's YouTube, podcasts, whatever it may be, I think we just need to get into that habit of like, okay, I don't agree with this content, so I'm just not going to consume it um, because yeah. that speaks louder than anything else. Like you can have 50,000 tweets like saying this is shit, <laughs> but it's still going to exist. Whereas if you just don't consume that content and like 50,000 exactly. people just suddenly stop viewing said content or like participating in said content, it speaks so much louder. We were literally just talking about the Andrew Tate situation before we started recording, and it's the exact same thing. Exactly. Stop giving him airtime. Stop talking about him. If you yeah. stop talking about I him, he'll go away. I refuse <laughs> to even, like, have his name come out of my mouth. Every single thing I know about that man has been against my will. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It's just stuff that's come up in, like, on Twitter or on TikTok. And I'm like, please, for the love of God, just stop giving it attention. Right. So go away. I, I feel like I'm... I could be misconstrued as such a fence sitter sometimes because like there was one thing and this is going so fucking off topic and we'll probably. It's okay, we're at the end of the episode. Yeah. Fine. Like <laughs> there was one thing where he was saying that, you know, like he could have a, a like a missus and she cannot cheat, but like she can't sleep with anyone, but he can. Mm. Um, and I know that a lot of people got really offended by that. Um, but for me, the way that I view that, um, and I'm going to preface this by saying I don't think he's a good person. I think that he got hit in the <laughs> head clear. one too many times uh, <laughs> and he's said a lot of problematic things um, and I, I don't think that he should have a platform. Like I don't think he should be as loud on his platform as he is at the moment um, and it's quite concerning the amount of people that are engaging and agreeing with his content. Yeah, um, absolutely. But in terms of that one portion <laughs> that I have seen, I think I understand it. From the simple fact that if two people have entered a relationship and agreed upon that these are the oh, bases. Absolutely. Like, do whatever you want in that regard, as long as everyone agrees. 100%. But I kind of feel like the way he was saying it was that she doesn't have a choice. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's the problem. And this, uh, goes, this 100% goes back to the delivery of content. Like, it does, yeah. It becomes an echo chamber of, I. I feel like for me personally, and I, I think this goes for you too, that if someone was to email us or send us a message or anything and say, you know what, I think that you delivered this really poorly. I think that you could have worded this better and it comes off as you're saying this instead of this. Mm. I would absolutely turn around and be like, you know what, fuck, I need to just have a look at what's going on with myself. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I would hope that that would be the case, that – I present things respectively enough um, that people can come to me and say, oh, well, maybe just highlight that little bit and see how you've done that. But I think that there's a lot of content creators out there that do not have that because it's just an echo chamber of like, I'm fucking right. Don't tell me what I do. Uh, I mean, definitely with like someone like him. The mm. thing is, though, I'm I'm kind of okay with him creating the content in a way because he's just telling on himself and everyone who agrees with him are telling on themselves and they're like a woman will just never touch them ever again. It's just people that I know um, to stick clear of. Exactly. Like, thank you for letting me know you're a shit person. Now I can avoid you forever. Exactly. 
Absolutely. <laughs> but I, I, I don't agree that he should at the same time be making the content because then you get like young, especially dudes, exactly. who think, oh, this is an okay way to act because he's doing it and he's yeah. getting loads of views and, and followers from it. That yeah. is like warped, but. um, Yeah, absolutely. I just, yeah, I just wish people would stop talking about him so he would just go the fuck away. Mm, and it just, yeah, uh, that's the thing. Like, just stop consuming their content and they'll go away eventually. Because. Well, this is like another person. This is a soft topic. But like, like Trisha Paytas. Mm. People go off about her being so controversial and doing shit all the time. Yet she's still getting the views. She's still very like pretty popular. If she wasn't, she wouldn't continue doing it. Well, that's it, you're yeah. Just, you're just feeding into the cycle of like, I'll say this shit thing, get loads of views, make loads of money. Oh, mm. uh, views are down a bit. Better say something shit. I, I, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and people participate in the cycle. So I think there's just I a was lot of that for a while. There's just a lot of problematic people out there that know that content <laughs> creation can just be hit, like after hit. Yeah. And it doesn't, like, I think. Sometimes people subscribe to the notion of like, well, any publicity, like whether it's bad or not, is still publicity. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I personally hate that. I think I hate that it too. bad publicity is no. I don't want that. I don't want to be seen as a bad person to people. Um, no, but there's people that just don't care, and that goes. Yeah, I know. It goes hand in hand with the whole intent and delivery of things. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I was gonna say all of this, even though it's about like stupid shit. Um, I say stupid shit. It's not stupid, but you know what I mean. Um, Trivial stuff. It's 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 stupid shit from stupid people. Yeah. Um, you know, it all still relates back to what we're talking about about creating content and being aware of what you're putting out there. Like it's still the same thing. Yeah, I mean, not in the true crime. Oh well, kind of. Um, Alex Jones, for example. Oh my god, have you been seeing um, that stuff? It is such a shit show. I just ignore him. I, I honestly, I. <laughs> Again, um, everything I know about what's happening right now is being against my will because it just comes up on Twitter all the time. But yeah, um, but I mean, you know, if anything, the the stuff that's coming out now should really hammer that he's just a really shit person. But that's the thing, like you know, and it just comes down to intent and purpose um, mm. for you and I and the content that we subscribe to. We're just talking, and we're we will shit talk to high heaven, like people that have done bad things, and. Mm. That's the type of content that I like to see. I don't personally – like I would like to think that if um, a relative of a victim subscribed or like listened to any of our stuff, they'd be like, huh, lol, yeah, he's that person that did that shit thing. Absolute shitbag. Mm. Um, yeah. Right on. Um, but, yeah, I just mm. – I don't know. I feel like I've talked myself in circles this entire Same. time. And I didn't really come to any good conclusion. Um, and I think probably the conclusion is, is that it's all gray. None of it's black and white. Well, that's it. I don't think that yeah. you can come to a real conclusion. Like either you subscribe to the content or you don't. And that's fine. Um, not, a, I'm not everyone's cup of tea and true, just like true crimes, not everyone's cup of tea. Exactly. Um, um, yeah. People will listen to or watch what they want to. And that's pretty much it. Mm. In terms you know, it, of like, it all, it all depends on like how you view things and your own morals and thoughts and opinions. Yeah, um, and you know, there's nothing like we're all different. That's it. Yeah, so. like when you boil down like the ethics of true crime, I think it's important to take into like like into consideration like the respect, the research that goes into delivering these episodes. You know, mm. um, I think. 
morally there's a lot of people that do create this content that are doing the best they can and that yeah. have monetized their their stuff and that's perfectly fine um but i just i don't think that you can ever get to a point where it's just like okay well this 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 like creating a checklist for yeah what's right and wrong um yeah i totally agree but yeah that's that's i think where i land on it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like how we just didn't really land on anything. It's great. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but that, but that's how complex it is and how complex humans are in general. Like Exactly. You know, it it is what it is, basically. Yeah, like if you don't like it, don't you don't have to consume it. And that's Exactly. That's the end of the like that's the message at the end of the day. Um mm-hmm. just yeah. like I I don't consume comedy content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, um that's exactly it like if you don't morally agree with something then just don't watch it exactly and honestly that speaks louder than anything else exactly exactly um you know i where was i going with this i don't know (laughs) i think i've fried my brain oh man i'm so tired right now (laughs) (laughs) i mean i I think we've come to the end anyway i think we've talked this out as much as we can without uh, going back around in circles so yeah um it's 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 all good it's all good that's it i do think it was interesting like i was it's interesting to think about and interesting to like um you know analyze within yourself and where you land yeah absolutely i'm not gonna lie i was ready to throw hands when you first sent me that video i was like hey when i first seen the title i was like get fucked i never i was like come on let's go yeah. in the car park <laughs> but no he, he he did it was well thought out and i think that he raised a few good points i do think some of them were a stretch but you know like i get it um yeah but yeah i don't know interesting to think about i guess like interesting to anyone who listens to this to think about where they sit with it because mm. um, it is com- it's complex like there's a lot of different layers to it and yeah there's a lot of moving gonna, parts exactly like and yeah, different people are going to have different um, levels of what they're comfortable with and what they're not. So exactly, like I am fully aware that there's going to be people that might listen to this and think, "Well, I love uh, true crime mukbangs, and I yeah. think that they're perfectly fine." Um, exactly, and that's fine. You do you. <laughs> I'm not exactly. going to here tell you what to do. <coughs> I'm just going to choke. <laughs> Please don't do that. But yeah, I think I don't. <laughs> I feel like I'm unresolved. Same, but I think that that's perfectly fine. I feel like this is going to eat me up inside. (laughs) (laughs) No, like I think, yeah, I I think it really does. It's just like what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. And if you're not comfortable with it, then don't consume it. And that's it. The end. Mm, Indeed. I think think that's it. I I think that's the conclusion I'm coming to. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Um, But yeah, if, if you have made it this far... I would like to know how you feel about it. Yeah, I want to um, know. Because I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that anyone that listens to us probably has a different take on it, which I also find very interesting. So, yeah, I mean, you, if you have the time, I definitely I love um, I love when we're able to have like conversations because sometimes like mm. you and I don't see things exactly the same, um, no. and we have these conversations and it's just like oh well. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, so yeah, if anyone out there has like wants to have a conversation, Opinions. yeah, absolutely. Like, want to hear it? Tell me about it. 
<laughs> where can they tell us about it? Oh my god, that was such a good segue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram ooh, at Devil's Margarita. I was like, is it the or without? No, it's without. It's at Devil's Margarita. Um, or you can send us an email. Fuck, what's our email? I haven't done this in a while. Devil's Margarita Pod at gmail.com. Do yes, that's it. Devil's Margarita Pod at gmail.com. <laughs> I will get this down one day. Um, yeah. 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 If you, if you want to, you can find us there. Send us something. I'd be happy to read it. Yeah. Send us an email saying Ted Bundy was a piece of shit. And that he was ugly. Yeah. yeah I there was <laughs> no candles in his pumpkin head. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love Penelope Scott. 10 out of 10. I love her. So- I'm going to look her up. I hadn't heard of her before. I'm going to look her up. She's great. I absolutely 10 out of 10 recommend. Um, she's got <laughs> another one that's like based on Elon Musk. But yeah, that's another that's a whole other topic yeah Uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right well i I, i'm gonna be honest i really need to pee so um yeah i'm hungry wrap it up okay speaking of mukbangs (laughs) hell yeah i I have leftover pizza i'm i'm ready (laughs) yeah all right i guess uh thanks for listening and we'll be here next time (laughs) yeah we'll be in your ear holes again soon exactly all right goodbye Uh, goodbye